You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. Well, in the midst of what seems at least like a never-ending pandemic, changing social norms, racial unrest, it's so good to know that there is a person that is not dependent on anyone but himself. God is totally independent, and nothing outside of him can affect him in the least bit as he acts out of his reliable nature. And that's where I want you to go for strength. I want you to cling to the self-sufficiency of God. And in order to find joy in COVID-19, don't rely on science, don't rely on politics, and don't even rely on your own code or your own value system. I want you to cling to God. Because to God, viruses are nothing. He shrugs off turmoil. All the rhetoric we hear just rolls off of his back. And so God is this solid rock that you can stand on. And you can stand on that rock because he is unfazed. He is totally independent and he is self-sufficient. And as your pastor, I want to steer you away from all of the things that give you strife and steal your joy, like 24-hour news channels and social media that can be so dark and difficult. Instead, I want you to find your peace in your Father God. And the text that we're going to look at, a great place for us to start, is John 5, 26. And the reason this is such a good passage is because it talks about how God actually became and is self-existent or self-sufficient. The Lord Jesus Christ here was giving a discourse on the Sabbath. And one of the reasons that he did this is to separate himself from the man-made law of the Pharisees. They had all of these rules that you had to keep. They weren't for the good of the people. It was for their own power. And one of those things was you can't do anything on the Sabbath, even if it's something good or helpful. And so Jesus did a lot of teaching on the Sabbath. And on this particular occasion, he's making numerous claims about his own deity. But the most startling claim of all is that he's dependent on no one else. He needs nothing else outside of himself to thrive. And so here's 526. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And so in our series, Who is God? We land now on this amazing doctrine of God's self-sufficiency. God is independent, and that's the other name for this, is the independence of God. And here is how you can define it. It's that God does not need us or the rest of creation for anything. He has everything he needs to exist within himself. And this doctrine is, is vitally important 
to know and understand for the believer because it means that no matter what's going on around him or what's going on around you, that God is unfazed by it. That he's not affected by it. That he is totally content within himself. And so things like viruses and racism, they don't bother him because, except for in the sinful, sinful sense of racism, but all of this racial unrest doesn't face him in the least because he is absolutely self-sufficient and he never changes. So in this series that we're in, I want to grow your faith by getting to know the biblical God, the true God of the Bible, so that you can begin to love him more and you can then thrive during COVID-19 or other trials. And here's what we've learned about God so far. We've learned that he is unchangeable that he is faithful and wise. We've learned that he is eternal and holy and he's everywhere and all-knowing. And now we land on this doctrine of self-sufficiency. And when I take you back now to John 5.26, as we revel in this amazing doctrine of his independence, here's the first point I want to make. It's this. God's self-sufficiency means that he is the source of life. Sometimes we mistakenly believe that we have power over life, that life is contingent on what we do or the decisions that we make. And so we can be living in fear as anxiety swirls all around us and there's all of these health risks. But the truth of the matter is, is that we can only falsely believe that because God is the one who holds life in his hands. God's self-sufficiency takes the pressure off. And, and, and yes, we want to be wise. We don't want to just be foolish. We want to respect what's happening around us. But because God is self-sufficient and because he has life within himself, then he gives life. He takes life away. And so, we don't have to be responsible for that. And what the text here is saying is that to the Son and to the Son alone, God has given life. And so, Jesus has life within himself. And he can grant eternal life to anyone he chooses to or at any time. And Jesus has this life in himself by the grace of the Father, and he can impart it because he was sent by the Father to minister here on earth, and then he went to a cross of crucifixion and gave his life willingly in order to pay the penalty for sin. And because he became the final atonement for sin, those who believe in him can have eternal life. And he has been given the ability and the power to distribute life to whomever he pleases because he is the one that atoned for it. And so I want you to really think about your relationship with Jesus. Have you come into that personal relationship with him? Have you asked him to forgive you of sin? Because he's the one that can give you life. He is the source of life. He is self-existent. And then secondly, God's self-sufficiently means that he created and he owns 
everything. And this is really encouraging because it's so easy to be intimidated by this pandemic. There is so much fear. And I know you're muddling through situations that you've never had to deal with before. I know you're making decisions that you've never had to make before. I know the future is more uncertain than it ever has been before. But I want you to know that because God is self-sufficient, that he created it all, he knows it all, and he controls it all. If you look at Acts 17, 24 through 25, it's, it's a great passage. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And so not only did God create everything, he is above everything. He distributes everything because he owns everything. And here's the beautiful thing, that if you are a follower of Jesus, then you are his possession. And he guards you. And he watches over you. And he treasures you. And he does that against anything that you're afraid of. If you look at Psalm 50, 10 through 12, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the fields is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. And that's magnificent to think about that. And so there's nothing that God doesn't own or exercise control over. And though it seems that darkness is everywhere and that darkness is settling in and taking over, it's not true because God owns everything. And he owns even people who are doing evil like anarchists. He owns and controls politicians and doctors and and lab workers. And he has control over journalists and how they report and viruses and all those things that drive us crazy at times. And he has control of your entire future because he is this self-existent, self-sufficient God. And I want you to be assured by that because He sits above all of this turmoil because he doesn't need to engage the turmoil because he is sufficient in himself. And so you never have to wonder if he's caught off guard or if he's taken aback or if he he doesn't know the future. And, And one of the amazing things about this doctrine is that he is even glorified by evil entities of the world and that these entities... The Bible tells us we're made for Christ and for his glory. And if we see the book of Colossians, we see this really clearly. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And that is a passage that I always am just awestruck by. 
Not only did Jesus create all of these things, all of these rulers and authorities and these dominions, whether good or evil, but they're created for his glory. And sometimes we lower God to our plane of reference. And we assume that he can only see the things that we can see. Or he can only do the things that we can do. Or he's bothered by the things that we're bothered by. But he is in a different realm. He is self-sufficient. Now, we are looking at the book of John. And the, the preamble to the book of John is powerful. And it helps us understand the self-sustaining and eternal power of God in Christ. John 1, 1 through 3 says this, In the beginning was the Word, the Word is Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And so, don't be afraid. I mean, God is above all of the things that are scaring you right now or causing you anxiety. He's in control of all things. And he is above the clatter. He's not influenced by the nonsense of the world. And when it comes right down to it, I think we could all admit that many of the things that we involve ourselves with or that scare us or cause us to lay awake at night are nothing but worldly nonsense. Because God isn't the least bit taken aback by that. He is self-sufficient. He is unfazed. He is independent. And so he is the source of life. He takes it up. He, he gives it to whom he pleases. If you are his child, he's watching over you. And you can know that he's in control because he created everything. And then the doctrine of God's self-sufficiency means this as well. That you have immeasurable worth because God created you to glorify him. And I really want to land here and spend some time here because this is really important. And sadly, so many Christian songs and books have elevated us and given us this false idea that God created us because he was lonely, that he wanted someone to talk to, that the universe was somehow void without us. But this is false because God needs nothing outside of himself to thrive. God was in this Trinitarian relationship, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for forever before we ever met him. And so he is in this different place. But that doesn't mean that you don't have value. In fact, what it really means is that you have infinite value. Because the doctrine of God's independence tells us that he created you out of love. He created you for a purpose. Not because he needed something from you. Not because he's demanding something from you. He created you out of his grace and he loved you and he saw you. And so your purpose is the highest purpose that could ever be had in this universe. It's to glorify God. And Paul sought to encourage believers in Ephesus with this truth. Here's what, 
he wrote in Ephesians 1, 11, and 12, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Now, there's powerful wording here. You've been predestined according to God's purpose to belong to him. So just think about this for a moment, this truth. We've seen that God is the creator of everything. We've seen that God owns everything. And we've seen that he's created you to glorify him. And he chose you for that job, for that purpose. And that's value. That's the highest value. Now, what you might be saying to yourself is, well, if God is this most glorious entity, and if God doesn't need anything else, that means that God's glory is found in himself. And that's true. And so how do I then glorify a God who has all of this glory already? Well, the Old Testament helps us with this question. And we turn to 1 Chronicles 16, 28 and 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. So this passage here in 1 Chronicles helps us understand how to go about glorifying God. And the first step in order to fulfill your purpose is to ascribe or to assign to God the glory that is due his name. That means acknowledging that he is the only being that's worthy of our praise. That he is worthy of glory. Not self or money or power or friends or position. No. God is the only one worthy of praise. And you can glorify him by acknowledging this truth and, and living like it. And that brings us to the second step toward fulfilling your purpose. And that's to bring him an offering. That passage in First Chronicles taught us to bring an offering and come before him. And what is that offering? That offering is a lifestyle of worship that consists of obedience and submission. In John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. And so you have these two ways here mentioned in this Chronicles passage of how you can give God glory. First, you bring your worship to him. You ascribe that glory to him, and then you submit and you live a life of obedience. And that gives you immeasurable worth because angels can't do this. You know, other beings that God created can't do this, but he's given human beings, he's given you the unique opportunity to do this. So this is what gives you worth. God didn't need to create you. He did this out of his love and grace. And here is an amazing passage that I want just to sink in because it's incredible. Zephaniah 3.17. I know, Zephaniah, we don't study this enough. 
The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Look at this. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will exalt over you with loud singing. When's the last time you considered that God would be singing over you? That he would be rejoicing over you? He is because he loves you. And the beautiful thing about this doctrine of self-sufficiency is that he can offer this kind of love because he doesn't need it to be reciprocated. He's got everything he needs. So it's a, it's a total, unselfish offering of his grace. And therefore, he can give it joyfully and without expecting anything back. And we, as human beings, we can't cross that threshold because we're still caught in our sinful practices, but God can. So you are a child of God who has been created to glorify him. You've been created out of his love and his good purpose. And he sings over you. That's pretty amazing. And almost impossible to believe, but the Bible says it clearly. And so the self-sufficiency or the independence of God is a beautiful doctrine. It means that he is the source of life. It means that he has life within himself. And he can distribute this life any way he pleases. And the virus doesn't have a chance because he owns everything, he controls everything, and he's created you out of his own good heart. And because he loves you, and he saw you, and said, I, I want to have relationship with you. And so it gives you immeasurable worth. And I want you to be encouraged by that in a very discouraging time. God is independent. He exists within himself. All of the things that are happening around us, all of the angst, every time I, I, I look at a news website, every time I watch a press conference, I just get freaked out and I forget that God is self-sufficient. He, he's just going right along. And if I just cling to him, I'm going to be just fine. And so, please know that his love for you cannot change. It cannot ebb and flow. It is always the same because it's given to you without demands. It's given to you without need. Here's a beautiful quote from, from Wayne Grudem. God does not need us for anything. Yet it is the amazing fact of our existence that he chooses to delight in us and to allow us to bring joy to his heart. This is the basis for personal significance in the life of all God's people. To be significant to God is to be significant in the most ultimate sense. No greater personal significance can be imagined. And that's what I want to leave you with. You know, God shrugs off all of this turmoil. God isn't phased by politicians. And 
He's got full control over the virus and everything that's going to happen in the future. And so his self-sufficiency will allow you then to just trust him and rely on a self-sufficient God. Let me pray. God, I just thank you for your self-sufficiency. I I just thank you that you are above any other being and that we can trust you. And we sang about your great name. and, And I just pray that each person that's watching this live stream right now would come to a place of releasing anger, releasing anxiety, and just clinging to you. And that I would do this in my own heart and in my own life. And trust you because you're, you're everything. You, you have all life in yourself already. And so you're just inviting us to come to you. And I pray that we would do that with good and glad hearts. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, before you go, just a quick announcement. Beginning on August 2nd, Through Labor Day weekend, we're going to be doing one service on Sunday mornings beginning at 10 a.m. So make sure you spread the word. It will be August 2nd through Labor Day weekend. Okay, one service, 10 a.m. And it's going to be a great chance for us to all be together for that time. We're going to try to sprinkle in some outdoor services for you because we know that it's easier for you to come and be outside and you feel safer that way. And we're trying to get those logistics to come together. So August 2nd, we begin at 10 a.m., and I look forward to seeing you then. Thanks for being here, and may God bless you greatly. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.